Friday afternoon always sounds good. <laughs> this is 720 WGN. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. She joins us every other Friday. She's a chief veterinary officer for the North American Veterinary Community and one of Chicago's exotic pet vets. Thank you so much for joining us. Did you hear about the wallaby that's missing in Monee? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there really is. Yeah. I have not, but if you've ever worked with wallabies, I can't say that I'm super surprised. They are very fun and interesting creatures. Not something for the faint of heart as far as pets go, though. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. So we had the pet owner on, and she is somebody that always wanted to be a vet, and she handles animals, and she had a pet wallaby, did a lot of research. The wallaby is on the loose right now. And when I asked her, <laughs> what, what what's the wallaby's favorite food? Like, what, what does the wallaby love? Like, what could you lure... <laughs> The wallaby home with give you just take any random guess of human food that this wallaby loves peanut butter spaghetti she likes when her mom makes a nice (laughs) pot of spaghetti some sugo and some pasta okay (laughs) that is not one that wasn't even i don't think that was even on my top 10 lisa for things i thought you would lure a wallaby in with but Really interesting creatures. I, I've actually worked with them a couple of times um, at some previous jobs. There were some wallabies that came in. Medically, they're really interesting. They're, you know, for those of you that are picturing, having struggling to picture these, they're just like little kangaroos. Um, and they're, so they're marsupials, have a lower body temperature, some interesting metabolism issues. Um, I certainly hope it stays safe, you know. One of the challenges they have in Australia is wallabies and kangaroos can get hit by cars. So yes. fingers crossed for the safe return of that wallaby pet right now. If you have a question for Dr. Dana Varble, you can pick up the phone and call 312-981-7200 or text in your question. She has worked with just about every animal imaginable. In <laughs> fact, I do believe this is correct. You did breast cancer surgery on a hedgehog. Hedgehog, yes. We do actually routinely do cancer lump and bump removals on hedgehog. They're very prone to cancer. So actually pretty good surgical candidates once you get past the spiny part. (laughs) Okay, I've got a dog. I'm going to start the questions out. Hank is always an itcher, a scratcher, a licker. Mm. It's part of him being neurotic. And he now has, you know, goop coming out of his eyes, an ear infection. It's looking a lot like allergies. And And we're doing everything we can to address that. But something that the vet said I found interesting, she talked about storage mites. And she said, it's a long shot, but she said kibble sits in storage facilities for a long time. And sometimes there's mites. It's rare, but sometimes your dog is allergic to those mites. So she suggests that I freeze my kibble for 24 Mm -hmm. hours in advance of feeding it to him. Have you ever heard of anything like that? I actually have. We see this from time to time, not as much with dog or cat food, but actually with our small mammals. So think about um, especially chinchillas, but hamsters, gerbils, uh, guinea pigs, creatures like that. A lot of times we love like a recycled paper or soft bedding 
for their cages and kennels. And that helps keep their feet healthy and other things. But a lot of those substances have wood pulp and other plant products mixed in because, again, they're paper-based. And there are a lot of mice mites, lice, and other creatures out there that also love to live in those um, substances. So, you know, occasionally, and you keep in mind, we always think that we should be able to see mites and lice, but usually they're microscopic. They're actually really hard to find on animals. It's a lot easier to see all the damage they cause because you get icky skin, thick skin, um, allergic reactions like you're having with Hank. So food and these paper products, these bedding products, um, can have insects living in them. Again, microscopically, that can cause issues for your pet. Now, for those of you that are like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was an issue. (laughs) It's starting to panic right now. Keep in mind, things like that are, are rare. You know, if you've got a dog with allergies, this is more of a concern. And dogs are not typically allergic to just one thing. That's the hardest thing, Lisa. Most dogs that have allergy problems, oh my gosh, when we go to test them, I had this problem with my dog. We tested her for 44 things. Here's a wild one. Guess how many things she came up positive for on that allergy test? Probably 30. (laughs) Worse, 40 of the 44 things. You know, this is typical. When you have allergies, there's not a lot of people, too, that are just allergic to one thing. Most of us are like, oh, yeah, trees and dust and sometimes dogs and cats. So allergies just tend to be one of those things where if you have one, you have a lot, and you have to worry about these things more. I'm that kid. I was tested for 75 and tested positive (laughs) for all 75. That was a special day I'll never forget. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think I might have been a kid at the same allergy office, so we yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, coming back, we'll talk about Apoquil. That's one of the issues for allergies. Somebody's talking about the price of that. We'll take your questions at 312-981-7200. Dr. Dana Varble's with us right now. Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. Yeah, this is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. Seven twenty WGN. It is Friday. I hope you feel good. How's your dog feel? How's your cat? How's your hedgehog or your potbelly pig? Dr. Dana Varble treats all of them. She is the chief veterinary officer for the North American Veterinary Community. She's Chicago's exotic pet vet. We are talking about allergies, and somebody sent in a text and said, "Dr. Varble." Um, will the allergy med Apoquil come down in price? My vet charged $300 for three months. Now it's gone up to $850 for three months. Oh, wow. I did not, I wasn't aware there was a, a dramatic price increase like that. That's, that's always incredibly rough on everyone, even us as veterinarians, because, you know, a lot of times those price increases unfortunately come from the manufacturer. They're unfortunately outside of our control. And it's tough. So when new drugs are developed, and Apoquil is a relatively new drug, it's only about 10 years old, the FDA allows the manufacturer, in this case it's Zoetis, to keep the patent on that drug usually for about 20 years before we develop a generic. So the hard thing is, is no, there's no generic right now. We know when that patent gets released, we'll get generics, price will come down, it'll be more accessible. So unfortunately, there's not much your veterinarian can do about the price. Now, depending on, again, the drug or other things, 
the best way to get some savings is actually to reach out to the manufacturer. So again, in this case, it's a company called Zoetis. They produce a lot of new exciting medications for dogs and cats and see if they have a rewards program or discount program or something that can help you make it affordable again. Because especially if it's a great drug for your pet, we want you to stay on it. We want you to keep being able to use it for your pet. So by all means, look for coupons, discount codes, loyalty programs, and let's try and keep your pets on the best drugs that we have available. Another person asked, can laxatone be put in a cat's wet food? And I must tell you, I don't know what laxatone is. <laughs> so laxatone is a cool thing. It's something that we use for hairballs. It is a oh. uh, flavored petroleum jelly. So for those of you that still can't picture that in your head, picture like uh, malt or chicken flavored Vaseline. Um, oh. Again, kind of gross if you're a human. But if you have a cat that's got long hair and or is a really active groomer, a lot of times they do, again, collect that hair in their stomach and, yep, hairballs come up, which kind of gross, but part of being a cat. Um, and it, it's actually usually pretty normal. Laxatone can help kind of ease that um that hair through the GI tract, protect the GI tract just because it's thick um, and kind of, again, coats things just like Vaseline does. So, yeah, you can absolutely mix it in food. It's going to be a little challenging because, again, it's kind of thick and got that Vaseline-like consistency because it's still going to work the same way even if it's mixed with food, and that is by coating and soothing those hairs and those cells inside the stomach and intestines. So and we've got uh, to uh, go to town. Okay, we've got listeners helping other listeners because somebody said they get the, is it Apoquil or Apoquil? Um, Good question. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I'll probably get a text from someone at Zoetis later today, but I think it's Apoquil. Yeah. Apoquil. They said they get theirs at Costco or Chewy and it's much cheaper. So if that helps anyone, there you go. Yes. give it a try. Another person said, Dr. Varble, my dog is a picky eater. I purchased farmer's dog and mixed it with kibble. How do you feel about farmer's dog? It's really expensive. That's what they said. It is. Yeah, you know, I don't know a ton about it yet. So the interesting thing about farmer's dog is they are working with veterinary nutritionists, which I love to see a nutrition company that's invested in the science of nutrition, that's working with veterinarians to make good products. Um, what I haven't seen from that yet, them yet is a lot of really good research studies where they've fed only their products to dogs or cats and tracked them and their health and their nutrition over time. In your case, you're using it as part of a broader diet. I think it's just fine. If, you know, It does seem to be something that if you have a picky eater or you're really trying to uh, encourage your dog or your cat to eat through a medical condition, it's definitely not the worst thing out there. So I would go for it. Is it important to make sure that the veterinary office that you do business with is accredited? Ooh, and what so does that mean? A, I don't Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two kinds of you know, kind of two things that we have to think about veterinary offices being licensed and in Illinois in the US most veterinary clinics have to be licensed or have some sort of license to operate with the state and that's just required to 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 practice so don't worry about that if you have a veterinary clinic that's open it's it's licensed. They like to keep track of those things. 
Um, and your veterinarian is licensed as well. Again, they're pretty aggressive about making sure that your veterinarian is meeting those standards. Outside of the U.S., different stories. But there is a special program in the U.S. that's run by the American Animal Hospital Association, or AHA, and they go out and do an accreditation process. And this is over and above the licensing process. And they've created a set of standards that is very high um, regarding certain levels of cleanliness, storage of foods and towels, um, the way that you keep records and how you track things through your hospital. And it's not absolutely required that you go to an AHA certified hospital to, you know, have a good relationship or get good veterinary care. But especially if you're looking for a new veterinarian or you move to a new area, it's actually a great resource that can help reassure you that your veterinary office is going above and beyond, not just the minimum requirements to get licensed, but really wants to have a good experience and have really high standards for their medicine. All right. Good to know. All right. One last question here. Linda is on the phone. Linda, what's your question for Dr. Hey. Dana Varble? Hey, Lisa. Hey, doctor. Um, honey, I have a 16-year-old, uh, just domestic little girl, um, lost her brother three years ago. And when that, when her brother died, she developed sneezing and sneezing and sneezing. And I took her to the vet. They gave her antibiotics. You know, you get them in her, and then all of a sudden she's like, no, I'm going to hide under the bed and you're never going to see me. But, again, this has been going on for almost three years. She eats, Mm -hmm. she goes to the bathroom, she drinks water, all good, but she sneezes green stuff a lot. Yeah, sounds like this is a cat, correct, Linda? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to double check because I'm like, oh, could be a little dog going no, under the wallaby. bed. That's more of a, a wallaby. Cat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a wallaby. Good. Good to know. Um, so it, this is really interesting, and it's interesting that it came about when you lost her companion. Um, there are a number of upper respiratory viruses in cats, the most common one being a feline herpes virus that can cause chronic upper respiratory congestion and sneezing. And I would bet dollars to donuts that that's what you and your little girl are dealing with. And sure, antibiotics can help clear up secondary infections, can sometimes reduce the sneezing. But just like you experienced, getting cats especially to take medications is a battle it's oh, a skill my goodness <laughs> it is it's like that is a whole skill and i'll tell you there's some veterinary technicians out there that are worth their weight in gold just getting medications into cats but you know you can talk with your veterinarian if your cat is otherwise healthy happy doing well this may just be a chronic long-term low-grade problem and it may not be a big deal to just kind of watch it and treat it only if it gets really bad so good question. I hope she continues to be healthy for you, Linda. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Varble. Give everybody your website or where they should go to always find out information or more about you. Too. Yes, absolutely. Check us out at exoticpetvet.com. Uh, my other jobs with navc.com. I hope everyone takes a minute to visit us there. Thank you so much. The news is next with Lauren Lapka from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. WGN, Chicago's very own.